Hello everybody, I'm Miles Young, I'm your host, and welcome to God Quest. And I am excited, I have two very special people with me, Ben and Becca Rodriguez, all the way from Baja, California, Mexico, the city of Ensenada, and these are two pretty cool people, and I'm excited they're with us here on God Quest. Amen. I understand that yesterday was your birthday. Yes. So happy birthday, uh, which is kind of cool because uh, also we just interviewed London Bradford and it was her birthday. So uh, this this must be a missionary thing. It's the missionary, missionary birthday season. Uh, I am, again, I'm coming to you from Pastor Stephen, Stephen Jones's office in Roatan where they have been ministering and teaching uh, along with myself. I've had the privilege of hooking up. I'm the old guy. I'm the old guy on this trip. The OG. I'm the OG. And so I'm here with these couples, uh, the Bradfords, the Joneses, uh, the Rodriguez's, uh, who else? Uh, the Scots are here. And uh, we, we represent Honduras, Nicaragua, Mexico. Did I miss anybody? Right there. And then California, which is it's all originally the same yeah. people, right? So uh, we are having an incredible time. It's Hope Corps. There's about 60 Hope Corps students. It's, it's been our biggest ever. And it has been run totally by the alumni, of which Ben Rodriguez is part of the alumni team. Uh, and I had the privilege of being with you on your Norway. Yeah. You were a Norway ITW Intensive yeah. Training Week. But little did we know that by this time you would be married and a missionary to Mexico. So yeah. uh, how long have y'all been married? Six months now. Yeah. Six months. Six. Seven. So. so going on seven, and uh, what a, I had the privilege of being at your wedding. And... Uh, it was it was quite a beautiful venue, and the rain waited while we mm-hmm. while we got while they got married. It was a wonderful time. Uh, Becca and Ben are incredible people, and uh, Ben grew up in our church, and uh, as his teenage years was there was a part of the Rock Church. He was a soul winner. He had the gift of an evangelist, a biblical evangelist. He wasn't he didn't have a trailer. He wasn't traveling, uh, but he was teaching Bible studies at his school. He was winning souls and. And there are people that are in our church today because of his high school ministry efforts. And God took that, joined him with a beautiful young lady, and uh, God has put them on the mission field. Now, now you are uh, you are a, a unique person. You come from a different culture. So give me your family heritage. Yes. So <clears throat> my parents were from Romania. Romania. Immigrated to the United States. And I was born in Michigan. Okay. With along with the rest of my siblings, and um, raised in the Romanian culture and the Romanian community, and so I got that little like immigrant culture aspect when I moved yeah. down to Mexico. Okay. So here's a girl raised in Michigan for a season of her life in a Romanian community, winds up in Tennessee, which is a different world of Michigan and a very different world than Romania. But God was using all that to put you in the life of Ben Rodriguez, and now you are in Mexico. And one of my favorite things that, now pardon me if I laugh a little bit, uh, I have heard, I have heard that the first question people ask you is, are you doing okay? (laughs) And there's this fear, like surely, surely that you can't be happy. I think people spend too much time on Fox News and CNN and trying yeah. to, they, they, they hear all the, 
I've been to Mexico. I've seen you there. I'm with you now. We're in, we're in Honduras and I'm not picking up any vibes of like, I'm fearful. I'm, I'm miserable. I think you're thriving. Yes. So, so tell me, how is that possible? You're not supposed to be a missionary like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, to answer that question, I really believe like when I moved down right after Ben and I got married, we, we instantly started getting to work. You know, there was revival and Ensenada. There were, there were churches that multiple churches that we were visiting and doing Bible studies mm-hmm. and teaching people. And so we, we just got so busy with revival. We got busy with the work of God. I love that. And so there was no, there was no moment where we would look back and like how about what we were missing. <laughs> you mean, mean you, you mean you're in Mexico doing the work of God and you're not pouting about it? No. <laughs> so there's no Jonah spirit on you. No. no. And, and it's so real. It, it, it just comes off of her, her energy and passion for the things of God. And Becca, I'm so proud of you. And uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful testimony. Uh, ben, you're, you're doing some crazy new things, right? Uh, you're, you're attempting to uh, start uh, a, a new endeavor, something about coffee. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about it. Well, I guess it is crazy. So, um, you know, we have the dream. Um, Vernon, you know, God kind of put on our heart that we want to um, plant, you know, 32 churches, one in each state of Mexico, the 32 states of Mexico, but specifically want to broaden our reach within our, our local city. And God's opened up some really crazy doors for us to have multiple different campuses, churches in Ensenada. And there was a phenomenal door that got opened up, an endeavor that Becca and I are supposed to be leading up. But the problem was this great location, um, zoning-wise, wouldn't let us have a church because it was um, close to this bar district, restaurant district. Um, so. Um, basically, I've always had the burden and the dream of Sacramento, even with Boston, kind of working in the Cornelia coffee shop, yeah. you know, loving coffee, going out and visiting farms in Mexico, doing the roasting school and stuff that um, we basically figured out if we can put a, a business during the day and not be a church coffee shop, but be a coffee shop church in the sense okay. that five days out of the week, it's going to be open up a coffee shop. But on Wednesdays, it's Bible study. Sundays, we close. And Sunday night, we have service. So it becomes a way to connect in that community on a daily basis, right. but also provides a space for that ministry thing to develop. What, what, what's interesting for me, I don't know if it came uh, generationally, uh, your father, what many people may not know who pastors church in Ensenada, that your grandfather started the church many years ago. You, your father was in the U.S. military, served around the world, and was the number one recruiter for all the armed forces. And I had the privilege of, of being with your family. That's where I actually met you. How old were you when I met you? I was nine. Nine years old, and we were in Wiesbaden, yeah, uh, Germany, and uh, I had the privilege of meeting your family there, going on to the, the, the military base there. Yeah. Your dad was very effective in recruiting. Right. I see that gift that he had transferred to you Obviously, you're not in the U.S. military, but you're right. in the Lord's army. Right. right. And you're taking that gifting, that generational blessing, and you have used that. And what what many of you may not know, uh, unless you've heard Brother Peyton and Sister Lorna talk about it, the work in Rosarito, Mexico, where they are pastoring and planting the church, is actually the result of a Bible study, Ben, that you taught. Right. Brother Ben actually made a connection when there was a family there that was there. And so I want you to watch how God works. God took this young man and his family in Ensenada, connected them in a Bible study an hour 
15 minutes away, and you actually baptized the very first person. Am I correct? Brother Adrian, yeah. Brother Adrian, who became the interpreter, who some months later received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that when, when Brother Peyton and Sister Linda got there, he was able to pr translate for them as they were learning the language. And, and so it's a wonderful picture to me of how God used you to break something open that was even in, a, in another place. Right. This is something that we need to embrace. That one, one translation says, as you are going, make disciples. Right, right. You don't have to be bound to your block or your street. You may be on vacation. You may be on the other side of the world. You may be in another town. Don't be afraid to let the light shine because you could be the impetus of something beginning. So as, as, a, as a young couple, let's relate this because not everybody's going to go be a missionary, right? You were both involved in ministry. You were involved with the kingdom of God. You are an incredible artist, like incredible. You've taken your gifts, you've taken your gifting and your calling, and you've put it in place on the mission field. Speak to young people out there. They may not be a missionary, but maybe they have an entrepreneurial dream about the kingdom. Or maybe they have artistic gifts that they want to find a way. So, so Becca, what would you say to that young lady or young man out there that has these gifts and, and wants to do something great? What, they may not be a missionary. What, what would you say to them? How could you encourage them to do the things of God where they are? Right, right. <clears throat> I mean, in my lifetime, everything that I did revolved around giving God glory. If it was painting, if it was working, I did everything with, I did all, all I put all my effort and all my like love and passion into what I did so God could get the glory. So no matter what you're doing, if you're in your church doing multiple ministries, if you're serving, if you're tired, if you're serving continuously, do it with the best that you can to give God the glory. That is so good. So that's not just for somebody on a mission field or pastor in your church. Whatever you have in your hands. I think it was John Maxwell said, if you want to change the world, don't try to change the world. Look at where you have influence and change that. Mm -hmm. And use what gifts you have, and then that impacts the world. So, Ben, there may be somebody that's watching this podcast, and they're trying to figure out, man, I really feel the call of God on my life. They, they may not know if it's a mission field, or they may not even know if it's a preaching or pulpit ministry. What would you say to them about sowing the seed of the kingdom? You did that as a, at a young age. So something in you, I don't know if it was mom, if it was dad, or if it was just a Holy Ghost thing, you were, you were planting the seed of the gospel in your high school at Elk Grove High. So talk to, talk to that young man or young woman out there about, about the work of God wherever they are. Yeah, I think that even kind of, kind of relates down to kind of what Becca's talking about, doing everything for, that God can get the glory. Uh, when God truly gets the glory, he's going to connect everything in your life towards the end goal of where he designs you to be. And for me, um, I think as, as a, at a younger age, I always knew, even when you came down to Germany at that time frame, I was starting to preach as what well, I knew yeah. to preach at, at that age. Um, and there's funny stories off of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, at that point in my life, was always very um, location-oriented. I always thought, this is the place I will be. This is the things that, this is where I'll go. But I never fell in love, I guess, with the actual process of where God, what God wanted to do before I got there. And I think that when I, when I came to Sacramento and 
I sat there and we talked and I said, Pastor, this, you know, I feel called to preach. You know, you know, what do I do? And you said, have your top Bible studies. And that like light went off in my head. It's like, oh, that's right. You know, and for me during that process of me beginning to sow seeds everywhere that I was at, I fell in love with with that journey of, of seeing disciples be made anywhere yeah. that I went, whether it was on my high school campus, whether it was at Jamba Juice, Torn Douglas, whether it was, um, you know, the project in Sacramento, picking up kids for P, um, P14. Yeah. Is P14? Yeah. yeah. Project 14? Yeah, 314. 314, you know. yeah. So, um, you know, whatever it was, it translated for me. And I, I would tell any young person, young man, young woman of God has called you to ministry. Um, you know, there's a, there's a quote um, that rings so true to me that, that came to me in that time frame. Um, that if a young man or young woman ever, you know, ever, just, you know, finds a pulpit, ever they find a soul, they're always going to hunger after a pulpit and not a soul. Mm -hmm. And to me, if you can learn to love the gospel, you get the word of God in your heart. You, you're not when God transplants you and God calls you, you're not going to be afraid. You're not going to be timid. You're not going to be scared because you fell in love with the work. And when mm -hmm. God says, "Hey, it's time to transfer," well, you already know you're about that business. So it don't matter where you go, you know you'll be successful. But if you make your business about a place, you'll get freaked out when God calls you to the Congo. You're going to get freaked out when you go here. But when you realize, oh, my God, well, I taught Bible studies at Elk Grove High to 40 kids. And I remember them coming to me and asking me, you're saying, I, I remember this. And I'll share this story really quickly. I shared it with the students, and they all laughed. And I didn't realize how impactful it was until I kind of vocalized it. I remember I was a Bible quizzer, never a good Bible quizzer. <laughs> I never finished a, a year completely, but two to three terms. But when we learned about salvation, I, I got that in my heart. Yeah. And today I still use those scriptures um, that, that I learned back then with doctrine. I remember the, um, the, the actual Bible study that I felt that like God impressed on me. It's time to teach salvation at Elk Grove High. At this time, we were not at the large point um, in kind of the high school ministry. We had our own classroom with 40, 50 kids. We were about 20, and I was borrowing sharing a class with my Mormon geometry teacher. And we were in a corner, I had put all the desks in a circle, and I was standing in the middle with my little Salvation Bible study I had written down the night before. I love it. And I'm sitting there, it. and I'm trembling, I'm freaking out, and I'm teaching. And in the, the California public school system. In the California public school system, <laughs> in a Mormon teacher's class, with tons of kids um, from different walks of Christianity, some atheist, whatever. Um, one of the boys, one of the jocks, his name was Kyle, he, um, he says, hold up, wait a second, Ben. He said, are you saying baptism saves us? I heard my heart going, dum, dum. I was freaking out. I got anxiety. I was just, yeah. and, I, and I just, I just like swallowed it. And I said, yes, Kyle, that is what I'm saying. And he said, well, I don't believe that. And I said, well, Kyle, do you have scripture for what you believe? And he said, uh, no. I said, well. I do. I do. <laughs> I love it. I remember quoting the scripture to him, and a bomb went off in my Mormon teacher's class. They were saying this. They were saying that. They were agree with me. They weren't. But what, what I guess what translated for me in, in that moment was just the fact that that right there, I, I, I faced those questions in teaching a Bible study in Mexico, in, Rosa, in Ensenada, Rosarito. So what you, were, what you were grinding out and figuring out as a high school student, God was preparing you for what you're doing today. Right. And who knows, uh, how old are you? 22. 22, and you turned? 19. Okay, think about this. 22 and 19 missionaries. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Who knows 10 years from now what ministry looks like? Right, yeah. But you're not locked into this. You are, God, whatever you're doing. Yeah. 
And wherever you are, God is preparing you. Let, let me challenge you if you're watching. I know this is a little different. This is We don't have the big cameras and all that. Uh, we're in a third world country and just getting through this. But I want to challenge you if you're watching, if you're a young person, maybe you're in high school, junior high, and you're starting to figure out, man, I feel like God's calling me to do something. I don't know what it is. You're 17. And anybody that's got their life figured out at 17, I don't trust very much. Yeah. <laughs> because life's going to come at you yeah. from every side. But if you have if you have the burden to do the work of God, where you are, find the way to embrace the gospel. Find a way to spread the gospel. And God's going to empower you on your personal quest to do the will of God. Wherever you are, whatever level you're at, college, campus. Maybe you feel called to ministry. Maybe you feel called to the pulpit. Maybe you feel the call to entrepreneurial uh, skills like for you, you were an artist. You had no idea you were going to wind up on on the mission field, but you were you were for the glory of God. Yeah. Let me challenge you on this quest. Use what you've got for the glory of God. It's a world of wonder. This amazing kingdom that we're a part of. I am so glad you've been with me, Becca Ben. I'm thrilled y'all came today. We're having a great time in Roatan at this ITW, and we're hanging out with a lot of cool young people and and some other cool uh, missionaries, and I, I get to be the OG for a minute. Yeah, so I am uh, glad you joined with us. Stay tuned. Come back next week. It's going to be a great time. More stuff to come. I look forward to seeing you next week on God Quest. <laughs>